As a matter of fact, grab your uh, Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, if you will. And then the, the last thing that you do when you're reading the one-year Bible is you read uh, a selection from the book of Proverbs. And as you read it, and, you, and you're reading it every day, every day, every day, I am continually seeing two words that are in direct opposition to each other. There's a constant comparison going on between these two types of people. The first is very simple. The book of Proverbs was written in, in great degree by Solomon, who the Bible says was, was the wisest man on the earth. And it wasn't all written by him, but much of it was. And, and so the Proverbs is a book of wisdom. If you need wisdom in your life, I highly recommend that you make reading Proverbs a, a part of your life. There is an exercise that I do once a year or so, uh, and this is not even in my notes, but there's an exercise that I do once a year or so, and I had our staff do it uh, last year as well that I absolutely love. One of my mentors told me to do this, and if, you, if you're ever needing wisdom or you're, just, you're, you're needing direction or you just want some, a, a Bible study to begin your day with, it's very simple. Uh, and, and you just, you read one, there's about, there's what, 31 Psalms. So you read one chapter of Psalms, Proverbs. Where am I at right now? I'm still in Sugarland at the women's conference. Sorry. Um, read one proverb a day, read it through two times. Just read it. Don't try to decipher it. Just read it. Uh, and then allow the Holy spirit, which he will to illuminate one verse to you. Write the verse down in your notebook, and then just write four to five sentences of what God is saying to you about that verse. And you say, well, I've never heard from God before. This is a practice in, first of all, learning wisdom, learning how to study the Word, but also learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you will find through the course of that month that He will begin to speak to you as you just begin writing. He'll speak to you truths about how that verse applies to your life. I, ch I challenge you with this. Maybe even you want to start today, but just do one proverb a day. It takes about 10 minutes of your time. It's no big deal. Five to 10 minutes and um, wa watch how God will speak to you. But anyway, uh, there's these two words back, back to these two words. The first is wise, the, the wise man. And if you've been reading with us, you know, over and over, it says the wise man does this, or the heart of the wise does that, or this is what the uh, wisdom says. It, it's constantly talking about the wise, but you find this second word that he's constantly comparing the wise does this, but the fool does that. How many have been reading and have seen how many times the word fool comes up? And so he's, there's this constant situation going on where, where he's talking about either you're wise or you're fool, a fool. Now, some people in this room think that you are wise. If I were to ask you to raise your hand, some of you would raise your hand and say, you know what? I am wise. Others of you... You don't know that you're wise, but you surely don't think that you're a fool. But I'd be willing to venture that if I said, how many of you in this room are, would say that, yes, you're a fool? Not many people would raise their hand and be like, that's me. Pastor, I am an absolute 100% total fool in every area of my life. And here's the problem. If we never read Scripture through the lens 
of what it means to be a fool, but only through the wise. And we're not sure that we're wise and we're not doing what the wise part says, but we don't even know what a fool is or if we're acting like a fool. There are consequences in the word of God that go along with being a fool. And there are people in this room or watching online, you may be facing the consequences of being a fool the whole time thinking I'm not a fool because you know why? A fool doesn't ever realize he's a fool. Most fools don't know that they are fools or they would do something about it. When I was growing up, there was a, a character who started out as a bouncer and then he became a bodyguard to some famous people. And the next thing you know, he ended up uh, in, in movies and television. And he had a famous saying, I pity the fool. How many of you remember Mr. T? I'm going a little too far back. Some of you are like, I don't know which time. 70s and 80s, uh, there was a man and he wore all these gold necklaces everywhere. And his statement was, I pity the fool. He was on Rocky. He was on the A-Team uh, and a number of other shows. He, became, he wrote a self-help book. No joke. Um, many people think that on the A-Team is where he coined this phrase, I pity the fool. This was his trademark statement. But the truth is he never actually says, I pity the fool in any of the A-Team episodes. Interesting note for those of you that were alive in that period. For those of you that weren't, I can't help you. But here's what, here's what his statement was. He actually said it on Rocky first. And it was the idea, you remember, he was the nemesis on Rocky. And, and he said, basically, I pity the fool who gets in the ring with me because the consequences, we already know, uh, if you get in the ring with me, I am going to knock you out. And, and, and you're a fool to even get in because you already know what's going to happen. You see, there are consequences to being a fool, and we already know what they are if we'll just take a look at Scripture. And so I've entitled this series, I Pity the Fool, because I want to talk to us about the characteristics and the consequences of being a fool. About 15 years ago, Jeff Foxworthy came out, uh, and he, he was a comedian who was made famous with these um, you might be a redneck if statements. Do you remember those? If you have a car on blocks with no tires in the front of your mobile home, you might be a redneck. Do you remember all those? If you're, uh, anyway, on and on and on. And he, made, he was made famous by it. So we're going to do, you might be a fool if, okay? But the truth is, according to the word of God, it's not you might be, you are a fool if you do these things. Characteristics of a fool and then consequences. Would you like to know? You might be in this room today going, you know what, Pastor, I, I, I got to tell you, I might, be, I might be a fool and didn't know it. And I'm dealing with the consequences of it. I pity the fool. I pity the fool. Maybe, maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks I'll wear some gold chains and, and shave my head with a, that. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably not going to happen. Father, I thank you for your presence that is here today. I thank you that you show up and you've already done things and you've already healed and you've already broken through the, and, and touched our lives. 
God, I pray that you would speak to us today. Open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear from you, to be challenged by the power of your word. Holy Spirit, reveal to us if there are areas of our life where we are being a fool. And do a great work today. Do a healing work today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So here's the thing. Here's our question we're going to ask. You know, you are a fool if you do these things. Okay, so you can keep a checklist running. Now, this might be in every area of your life. You just might be a complete fool, or it might be specific areas in our life. You know, there are places in our lives where we have blind spots. Um, a, a, a guy goes to school, gets a good education, makes great decisions, gets a great job. He's a great employee. He handles his money well. He treats people well, but when it comes to women, he's a complete fool. He always picks the wrong one, and he's always in a mess. Or ladies, the other way around. You're doing everything right, and then you, you, you just, but you got to, you know, it's the bad boy. Y'all are really quiet this morning. So we'll, there are blind spots in our life. You see with people, that they can handle their family right, and they handle their marriage right, but sometimes they don't handle their finances right. Because they're, they're, sometimes we're a fool in every area. Other times we're just fool in, a fool in specific areas. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate if there are those areas in our lives. Here we go with number one. Proverbs 10 and 18. Proverbs 10 and 18. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. You're a fool if you slander others. Slander is, um, it's talking bad about people. It's malicious talk, even making up lies to tear them down. Uh, It's trying to do harm through your words to people. But let's look at this first. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. In many cases, Uh, cases, these two parts of this verse are connected. The first part gives us a clue as to why the second part is happening. Hiding hatred, meaning there are situations in our heart, in our lives, where people have hurt us or offended us, and rather than getting over it, dealing with it, and allowing the healing process to take place, rather than forgiving, we hide hatred in our hearts. But, you know, we're good Christians, so we want to act like we've forgiven, and we act like everything is okay, and we hide our hatred from everyone else and act like, well, no, I'm not doing anything wrong. But then what we turn around do, first off, it makes you a liar, and then what we do next is, from that unresolved offense, from that unforgiven hurt, from that whatever the situation was where someone did you wrong, It grows in our hearts. And out of that, we don't go to them and and start an argument and start a fight. What we do is we begin to slander them and we tear down their name and we tear down their reputation. And we begin to say things about them because what's really going on is there's stuff in our heart that we have not dealt with. We try to hurt them like we have been hurt, hurt. For, for many people, they stop short of actually stay, saying the slander. We say things like, um, you know, I don't want to say anything bad, but let me just say this. 
Or they say, you know what, I'm not going to say anything. You know, you get halfway into it, you get someone's interest peaked, and you say, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just, I'm just, I promised I would, and I'm not going to say anything. And then the next thing you know, they keep on pulling on you, and you say enough where they guess it, and then when they guess it, you say, you said it, I didn't. We start to slander people, and we pull them down. And we break them down and we attack them. Sometimes people don't even know what's going on. Maybe they hurt you and didn't even know. But, I, but because of what's going in our, on in our hearts, we are tearing people down. Now, here in a moment, you'll understand why this is so important not to do. And why uh, Solomon said this makes you a fool to do this. To, to tear others down, to be malicious, to, be, to, to lie about them, to talk about them, to run your mouth about them. I'm sure that none of you in this room have ever done that. Slandering others, even when justified, makes you a fool. Notice he doesn't say, slandering others without cause makes you a fool. Slandering others when they've done nothing to you makes you a fool. No, no. He says, slandering others makes you a fool anytime for any reason. So even when it's justified and you have this hurt and this anger going on in your heart, even then it makes you a fool. You're a fool if you slander other people. Can we just, can we just get straight with the Word of God today? Don't be mad at me. You can be mad at your neighbor later. This is what the Word of God says. So you may say, well, Pastor, I don't slander. I don't say malicious things to try to damage their reputation. But what about this one? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. You see, the first thing that a fool does is a fool slanders. But the second thing, the second characteristic of a fool is... If you belittle your neighbor, you're a fool. What is belittle? Belittle is not necessarily trying to harm. It's just trying to make someone feel small. Belittling their dreams. Belittling their hope. Belittling their idea. Belittling their plan. Belittling their family. uh, Their their job. Their role in life. Their role in the kingdom of God. uh, Belittling their problem. This is how we do it. Someone's telling you their problem. And it's really upsetting to them. And you say things like, that's nothing. You ought to be able to to deal with that. Fine. Here's what I'm going through. And we make ours bigger than theirs. And what what we're doing is belittling them and what they're going through let me tell you something storms can be big and storms can be little but when you're in the middle of them they're big to you and so when we belittle the stuff that people is going through it belittles them because if you're so upset about the problem that you're in you must it's just a small problem you must be a small person and we are pushing people down. Maybe you were raised like me and your mom said to you, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Or if you're from Texas, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. And we got four negatives in one sentence. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And that's right here in the scripture. Notice he says, a sensible person keeps quiet. 
It doesn't belittle people. If you can't say anything, say anything nice, just don't say anything. Be sensible about it and just shut your mouth. I'm not, am, I, am, I, am I taking this out of context? Am I missing something here? It's pretty simple. It's foolish to belittle another person, but so if you can't say anything nice about them, if you're going to just tear them down, just don't say a word. But fools keep on talking, and they keep on belittling, and they're pushing other people down usually because they're trying to lift themselves up for some reason. My grandpa used to say to me, boy, is your mind weak? Is your mind weak? (laughs) But when you're belittling people, yeah, you're clearly not a sensible person. Your mind is weak and you're trying to push other people down so that you can stand on top of them and lift yourself up. Somebody said this weekend, and this is not in my notes, but somebody said this weekend that lifting ourselves up makes an idol out of ourselves. When we push people down, belittle them, so that we can stand on top of them to lift ourselves up. We're not making idol, an idol out of money or other gods. We're making an idol out of ourselves. I'll leave you with that one. Number one, you're a fool if you slander other people. Number two, you're a fool if you belittle your neighbor. Here's number three. Are y'all okay this morning? All right, I know it's rain and everybody's tired. We're conference. All right, we're going to be all right. Here it is. Let, let's go to our next verse. Uh, Proverbs 18 and 13. I love this one. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and say it with me, foolish. Spouting off. You're a fool if you spout off before you listen to the facts. If you fire off your opinion like anybody cares what you think, and you share your opinion, and you just begin saying, and you just begin talking it. I'm just being a pastor today, okay, guys? I'm, 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 just, I'm just being a shepherd today, all right? Just, just, just have a pastoral moment. If you're spouting off before you listen to the facts, you're a fool. You see, a fool doesn't need the facts because a fool has plenty of opinions already ready to go. They've got an opinion about everything. They've got, they, just, let, me, let me tell you how it really is. You know anybody like that? Let me, let, me, let me tell you the truth here. Let me, let me tell you the truth. Despite all facts, they ain't even heard the, what's really going on. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you here now. I'm going to tell you what's really going on. You know anybody like that? You're just always talking. And when they get the facts, they don't change their opinion to match the facts. That's why they don't want facts. Because they have no intention of changing their opinion. When they approach a subject, it's not to determine the truth. It's to get their opinion out there. Here, here, here's what a fool says. A fool says, um, there's no re- reason to muddy the truth with facts. There's no reason to muddy my opinion and my truth with facts. So we don't want the facts. We just start talking. And somewhere along the way, we figure something out and we get a point going. Are you spouting off talking before you even know? Judging people, judging situations, talking bad about folks, talking bad about the person sitting down the road next to you, talking bad about the children's pastor, talking bad about the elder, talking bad about the worship pastor with the holes in his jeans. I mean, are you just talking bad about folks? You do have holes in them today. Uh, (laughs) You don't have the truth. 
They don't have the facts. The facts are he cut them so they look that way. He's not broke. <laughs> it's for, uh, uh, Stephen Gwaltney, our, uh, our worship leader in Nederland, uh, put a deal. You might have seen him. He made a GoFundMe account for Pastor Chris's, um, what do you call it? Uh, CKS, cold knee syndrome. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. So, um, but you don't know. So we just start spouting things off. I didn't mean to bust you out, Pastor Diggin. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love you. Um, uh, and you, <laughs> I might. <laughs> You're right. I might. Uh, you do get the microphone last. So I just, I just want to say how great you did this weekend. You were phenomenal. Just leading the team, leading worship. Now, um, spouting off our opinion, running over truth, running over facts, running over people. This makes you a fool. The fool is often responding to his own experiences, his own hurt, his own anger. He's got, he doesn't need facts because he's got plenty of anger to give. He's got plenty of hurt to share. He's got plenty of bitterness to spread. He's got plenty of bad advice to impart to other people. And once we're out there, we're only looking for facts to support what we've already gotten out there and said. We're not looking at facts from an objective place to determine what real truth is. So you're a fool if you slander others, if you belittle your neighbor, if you spout off before listening. Number four, I like this one. Proverbs 15 and 2. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. But the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. Here's what this one means. So, so you're a fool if you belch out foolishness. You ever heard the saying, if it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck and it sounds like a duck, it's a duck? If you look like a fool and you sound like a fool and you talk like a fool, guess what? You're a fool. Like, like that, I mean, that's what, that's what he's saying right here. If you look like it and you sound like it, you're probably a fool. If you continue to say foolish things, you're a fool. If you can't ever say anything right, if you can't ever say anything nice, if you can't ever th- say anything godly or good, you're, and you're just constant foolishness, then you're a fool. I want you to note in all four of these, slandering, belittling, uh, spouting off, belching out, speaking foolishness, I I want you to note something here. You can know a fool by what comes out of his mouth. The things that he's saying, the way that he's saying, the, the, the way he's addressing other people will tell you if a person is a fool or not. Are you belching out foolishness? I, I want to read this one to you in the Message Bible. Knowledge flows like spring water from the wise. Fools are leaky faucets dripping nonsense. Just never stop. Think about it. Put it in context here. You've got a drippy faucet, a leaky faucet, and it just keeps dripping and keeps dripping. And you ever been in there when you're trying to get it to stop dripping? So you're like cranking down on the handle like if I turn this thing tighter, it might shut it off. And you can't get it to stop because it's got a leak in it, right? 
And, and, and this is what happens with the fool. They just keep on using more words and 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 more words. And you can't get a fool to shut up. And all they're doing is leaking nonsense. They're not helping anybody. They're not helping the situation. They're not helping themselves. They're not doing anything. They're just leaking nonsense. I know this is no one in here. This wouldn't be you. So I'm just preaching this so that if you ever see it in life, you'll know. A real question. Do you just talk and talk and talk leaking nonsense? Being honest, like when you're saying it, you might think it's real. But if you're looking back on the conversations you've had in the last 48 hours, were you just leaking nonsense? The conversations you had this week at work, somebody came to you for advice. Did you just leak nonsense? Here's what the book of Ecclesiastes says in, in chapter 10, verse 14. It says, a fool multiplies words. A fool just keeps on talking and multiplies words. The Message Bible says it like this. Fools talk way too much, chattering stuff they know nothing about. Any names popping in your head? Do you have a selfie popping in your head? I don't know. <laughs> Proverbs 17 and 28. Uh, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Hey, listen, if you're a fool in the room today, just be quiet. You might fool a few people. You might get them thinking you're actually smart. Just, just, just zip it and just listen. That's what he says. Even fools can, can fool a few people if they'll keep their mouth shut. But when they start talking, everyone knows. Proverbs refers to them as babbling fools. Just keeping on, just keeping on, just keeping on. And here's the, here's the problem. One more verse and we're going go to the, go, go to consequences, okay? But this will get us going. Proverbs 10 and 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Too much talk and you will talk your way into doing something wrong. Too much talk, and you will talk your way into doing the wrong thing, into, do, into sinning, into messing up. Maybe you've been here in your life. When I was uh, in my younger days, um, and I know what you're thinking. I'm not as young as I look. Um, or maybe it's the other way. I'm younger than I look. I don't know what it is. But in my younger days, uh, uh, we did some, some just foolish things. I mean, you know, any men in here say, you know, when I was, when I was a teenager, high school, just out, I did some foolish things. A few of you. Okay, the rest of you are lying, and that's okay. That's okay. Listen, keep your mouth shut, and the world might think you're wise. Um, you might fool them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I just did some f foolish things, and, and, uh, and I may talk to you about some of those as we go through this series, but uh, where was I going with that? Oh, yes. It always started by sitting around with a group of guys talking about what we were going to do and at first everybody's like that is a stupid idea but then it just starts going around the table and you just keep talking about it and just then you keep talking about it and then you keep talking about it and you keep talking about it and the next thing you know i'm out hydro sliding in the bayou in the first week of february it's 47 degrees outside and we are hydro sliding blue lips what is wrong with us? We, we just talked our way into doing something stupid. 
And that's what we'll do. That's what, what's what the scripture is saying here. You just keep talking about it long enough. You just keep, you just keep talking uh, about, uh, and, and you just keep flirting with that girl at work, even though you got a wife at home. And you just keep talking about maybe what you would do if you weren't married, and you'll end up doing it even though you are married. You, you keep talking about trying this and talking about trying that, and eventually you will talk your way into doing exactly what you said. Because words are powerful. They create, and they push us to do things. They create life. They create death. But they push us forward into doing certain things we never thought we would do, but we talked our way right into it. I'm just preaching to you from the book of Proverbs today. I'm just, I'm just trying to be a good pastor for you today. And, and I'm just trying to preach to myself. And just, you know, every now and then, I, I, somebody's got to come along and say, Randy, you just need to shut up. Because you're talking way too much. And you're going to end up. You know how the longer you talk, let's say you start talking about, let's, let's call it politics for, for a minute. And I'm not preaching political. Just whatever your stance is, you're talking politics with someone. And you start out having a cordial conversation. But you keep talking about it, and you keep talking about it, and you keep talking about it, and next thing you know, you're standing up and shouting and pointing, and, and, and everybody's an idiot, and, and everybody's the antichrist, and everybody's lying, and, and when you're just flipping tables over. Why? Because we just we start ramping up. We start ramping up. We start ramping up. Too much talk leads us to places we never thought we would go. Are we leaking nonsense? Elbow your neighbor and say, don't worry, he's probably talking about you, not me. <laughs> Three consequences, and then we're going to close this morning. <laughs> okay, I had to loosen y'all up a little bit. The moment I said politics, everybody went, Ooh. <laughs> relax, man, chill out. Um, Consequence number one, and, and we find this in chapter 15, verse 7, Proverbs 15 and 7. The lips of the wise give good advice, but the heart of the fool has none to give. Here's, here's the point. The first consequence of being a fool is you can't help anyone. Every time you try to help, you can make things worse. Every time a fool tries to get involved, he has no good advice to give. So the only thing he can give is bad advice. The only thing he can give is wasted and worthless and empty advice. He can't give wisdom because he doesn't have any to give. So the consequence is you can't help anyone. You say, well, that's not a problem. I don't want to help anyone anyway. Well, you know what? How about this? How about as a parent... How about being a foolish parent and you're trying to advise your kids and you're advising them in foolishness? Trying to raise kids. Maybe, maybe this is why our, our kids so often repeat our same mistakes. Because we're fools, we can't help them, so when we open up our mouths, it's, we convince the world that we're fools. They've looked at your life and already determined they're a fool, and so the only thing they can do is do the foolish thing because that's all that's being put into them. I know that I'm not talking about anybody in this room right now, and believe me, there are many, many situations where, uh, you know, my dad says it like this, if a teenager wants to get in trouble, he's going to get in trouble. 
All right? So I don't want to put it all on you, but I think as parents, we ought to, you know, this is what I'm looking at in my life right now. Like, what am I doing or to, to help my kids? Am I speaking foolishness to them or am I speaking wisdom? Because I don't want my kids to repeat my same mistakes. So, Father, help me. I don't, I don't want to judge your parenting. I don't even know. I'm not at your house with you. That's not what I'm doing. I just want to say, when we're giving advice, let's make sure that we have enough wisdom to give that advice. Because if we don't, we're better off just being silent. You're a boss. You're a mentor. And you're supposed to be helping people. You're supposed to be training people. You're, you're, you're a leader in a, in a church or some other uh, volunteer area, and you're supposed to be helping people. Someone comes to you and says, you go to church, you love Jesus, can you tell me what to do about this? And yet you can't help them because there's no wisdom in you. It's just foolishness. You look the part, but when you get beyond the facade, you haven't put enough wisdom in, you're really a fool. God, don't let me be this person. I want to be a person of wisdom. One of, the, one of the things that I honor my father for so much is because he is a man of wisdom. He is not perfect, but he is a man of wisdom. And it is a rarity, for those of you that have talked with him or you've heard him preach, it is a rarity that you hear him spew foolishness. But you're most likely to get wisdom. And I honor for him for that. And even from an early child, I said, God... I want to be that way. I want to be the guy that has wisdom. And it starts with wisdom that comes from the Word of God. I want to be a person that has something to offer. I want to be a person that can help when people are in need. People say to me all the time, when they, they're asking me for help, and they say, Pastor, I'm so sorry to bother you. No, 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 no. I prayed to have enough wisdom in my life through the goodness of God, through studying the Word of God, that I could help you. I want to be that person. You know what? I want you to be that person. You see, sometimes being Jesus to someone is about having the perfect Scripture. It's about being able to pray. It's about being able to lead them through the sinner's prayer. But sometimes being Jesus is about being able to have wisdom or words of wisdom through the gift of the Holy Spirit that you can speak right into their situation and change their life. I want you to be that person. But you can't do it if you're really a fool. Number two, second consequence. And we find this one in Proverbs 27 and 3. A stone is heavy and is weighty, but the resentment caused by a fool is even, even heavier. Here's the second problem. The consequence of being a fool is you cause resentment to the, with the people closest to you. You cause them to resent you and resent other things. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you feel resentment from the people around you? You don't know why. You can't put your finger on it, but you have felt them resenting you. You felt your neighbor, your kids, your, your brother-in-law, your, your family, your, your co-workers, you felt them resenting you. Have you been putting burdens on people you are close to? Here's what he says in the Message Bible. Carrying a log across your shoulders while hefting a boulder with your arms is nothing compared to the burden of putting up with a fool. Are you the fool in your life 
that is causing a burden on the people you love, a burden of resentment? Are you the husband that keeps acting like a fool, can't keep a job because of your foolishness, moping around the house, mad at everyone, firing it off at the kids or anyone else that gets in your way? And your wife, she wants to love you, but she really resents you. She's working hard, trying to make you happy, trying to keep the boat from sinking, but you're busy poking holes in it. Your kids, they resent you. They don't care if you make all the money in the world, but they'd like you to be present and smile every now and then. They'd like you to care about what's going on in their world. They see the strain you're putting their mom under, and they love you, but they resent you. To the wife, you never stop belittling your husband you're complaining constantly and you wonder why he resents you you feel like he's always trying to get away from you it, be it extra hours at work or alcohol or anything else he can come up with to get away from you and you're and you're belittling him and you're tearing him down and and he's got resentment against you you complain about not having enough money but then he goes out and does the extra work to get the money and you complain about him being gone all the time Proverbs 14 and 1 says, A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Are you causing resentment to the people around you? Because it's the consequence of a fool. The, the consequence of a fool is he doesn't always feel it himself, but it affects those around him. And number three, I'm closing this morning. Proverbs 14 and 3. A fool's proud talk becomes a rod that beats him. But the words of the wise keep them safe. I said to you, all these, these four characteristics of a fool, they have to do with what's coming out of the mouth, the words that are being said. Here's what he says. The words of a fool become a rod that doesn't beat others, it beats him. Here's what the Bible says. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So when you sow slander, that slander is going to come back around to you and it's going to beat you on your back like a rod. When you belittle others, you just get ready because someone is going to come back around and they're going to belittle you because your words are going to come back. You sow them, you will reap them. And it will, you will reap it like a rod on your back. when you spout off nonsense without listening to the facts, when you're making judgments about people without looking at the facts, guess what? People are going to make judgments about you without looking at the truth of what's really going on. And it beats you like a rod. This is the truth. The things we say that expose us as a fool, they come back around and they punish us. You slandered, you've belittled, you've spouted off, you've, you've made mistakes. And much of it, as we talked about, comes from hurt places in our life, hidden places. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 17 and 9. Whoever forgives an offense seeks love, but whoever keeps bringing up the issue separates the closest of friends. If we'll let it go, God can 
take away our foolishness and he can put in wisdom. But not only that, if we will forgive, we're seeking love. But if we hold on to it, our words, they separate us and they isolate us. And you'll look up and you'll feel all alone. And you'll say, God, I'm all alone. I don't know what happened. And God is saying, you did it with your own words because you wouldn't let it go. You wouldn't forgive and you wouldn't move on. And so like a fool, you slandered and you belittled and you spouted off before hearing the facts. You, 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 you belched out constant foolishness. I, I want to take a moment uh, and I want to ask, and I'm not going to open the altars, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I just, just want to ask you to take a moment, close your eyes, and just you and God. Father, are there any places in my life when I have been the fool? I didn't mean to, maybe didn't know I was doing it. But as I sit here today, and, and your word has been opened, and its truth has been spoken into my life, Father, expose any areas of my life where I've been a fool and I'm facing the consequences of it. Father, expose any areas of my life where I have unresolved hurt, unresolved bitterness, unforgiven offenses. And give me the strength to forgive today. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit. And even while I have been talking and, and butchering your word, God, your Holy Spirit has fixed it and shaped it. And you're speaking right to the hearts of men. Even now, you're illuminating situations and words and things that we have said that have exposed us as a fool, even though we never thought that would be us. But God, by your grace, cover us, strengthen us, Replace our foolishness with your wisdom. Replace our mistaken words with the truth of your word. Lord, I pray that you would do a wonderful work, work in our life. And if we are in the room and we are facing the consequences of our own foolishness, Father, I pray that you would stay the hand of the enemy in our life that is paying us back for the things we've done. God, give us grace and cover us. Give us a fresh start today. Allow us to leave here speaking and talking and acting like the wise man, not the foolish. Do a great work in our life, Jesus. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.